This is the Rabbit Rundown, presented by Jackrabbit Illustrated. And welcome back to the Rabbit Rundown. As always, my name is Jacob Von Bergen, and I am joined here by my good friend and former men's manager, Cody Reed. Cody, how's it going? You know, Jake, doing pretty well. We had a 4-0 week from the Jackrabbit men and women in in. Mm-hmm. Their uh, basketball games this week. Football team also won their first outright conference championship, so that was that was good to have as well in the week. And um, it wasn't the prettiest basketball at times uh, for both the men and women, but wins are wins, and they they got it done this week. No, for sure. And yeah, there's gonna be a lot of basketball to talk this week. We also have Matt Dentlinger on this week's episode, so uh, it's a fun interview. Our first interview of this season. Uh, learn a little bit about Matt. You know, he's been here for six years and we never had him on until now. So it's a fun interview with Matt. Um, but before we dive into all of that, just want to remind everyone that we are brought to you by Dakota Iron. Uh, stop in and check them out on 12th Street or go to their website online uh, at the dakotairon.com and uh, for all your heavy equipment needs. But, you know, with that being said, uh, Cody, let's kind of dive into some basketball, uh, a couple men's game, like we said this week. Uh, a couple big wins. First one was a big quad one win over Boise State. Uh, SDSU won 68 to 66. Kind of a big game all around. Matt Dentlinger uh, led the scoring for the team with 19 points. Alex Arians had six rebounds and four assists, leading the team in both those. Just Cody going back to that Boise State win. Obviously, big time win for him. Uh, probably biggest win in the last few years, I guess. Uh, kind of take us through what you remember seeing in that game. Yeah, it was quite a while ago now, almost a week ago um, when we're recording this. Uh, but it was a, just a really quality game from the Jackrabbits all around. You know, they um, the game actually kind of played out similar to the Akron game, their first game of the year, um, where the Jackrabbits led most of the game. Boise State kind of made a late charge. Uh, but in this one, the Jackrabbits were able to kind of um, – limit Boise State's charge at the end, answer the bell, and, you know, have the ball with, with a chance to win the game, and they go out, execute, and Matt Dentlinger hits a, a game-winning layup for the Jacks. And like you said, it's a quad one win, a huge win, probably their biggest non-conference win that they've had um, in the past couple of years in terms of quality of opponent. Um, and so just all around a, a good team effort. You know, they ended up playing, I think, nine guys in this one. We mm-hmm. saw Broden Lean's first action this season, um, and they're they're good. You know, their their best players made plays when they needed to, um, and overall, just like I said, a, a quality win from from the Jacks in this one. No, oh, for sure. Uh, you know, four different guys uh, did score in double digits. We had Kyle, William Kyle who had eleven, Dunlinger, like I said, nineteen, Mayo had thirteen, and Alex had eleven. So really, you know, spread it out with the starters, Charlie. Only three points, but only took a couple shots. Uh, bench had some, you know, dispersed scoring as well. Um, they were seeing it's an interesting team this year. They don't have that go-to point guard uh, kind of play this year. Um, so I don't know how that's going to, you know, work its way out throughout the year. It's kind of their offensive flow has been kind of interesting at times. But um, I think we can, you know, this was kind of one of those games where it shows that William Kyle is going to be probably the real deal for the Jacks. You know, 11 points against a, a really good team in Boise State. Um, obviously had another good game here, uh, the St. Bonaventure game, which we'll get into, but yeah, you know, we're starting to see some of the players, uh, you know, develop, 
Broden gotten a few minutes there as well. He's probably going to be a guy that, you know, we see against bigger teams that, you know, maybe you have a center that needs to get pushed around a little bit more. That's kind of his game is that bruiser down low uh, defensively and outside he can shoot. But, um, you know, the way Matt's been playing, the way Kyle's been playing, and obviously we saw Apple back tonight, it's going to be hard to probably find some extra minutes down low <laughs> just because those three, you know, when they're clicking, they're playing pretty well, so it's hard to take them off the court. Um, but overall, you know, really good game. I like that it was his first scoring. You don't, We don't really have a guy this year that it's going to be, you know, 25-plus points a game. But we kind of saw what they're going to do towards the end of the game. You know, Alex had the ball kind of like he did against uh, um, Akron. Uh, this time, though, you know, got into the lane, saw that uh, Matt's help kind of came over to him. So he lobbed it up to Matt at the rim, and Matt collected himself and put it in the hoop. So um, we kind of saw maybe one way they're going to attack in a game situations. Uh, I guess we'll see, you know, going forward if that's a similar strategy for him. No, you said a, a lot of really good things there. Um, the end of the game scenario, you know, they I, I like that they went back to the well uh, with Alex. You know, he had kind of what ended up not being a costly turnover but could have easily been at the end of the Akron game, mm-hmm. and they went right back to him at the end of this game, and, and he got it done. He made the right decision. A couple other things to note from this game that, you know, are kind of themes that have carried out throughout the season and into the St. Bonaventure game. Um, first off, the Jackrabbits attempted, uh, or sorry, they made more free throws than Boise State attempted. Um, that's kind of been a theme of theirs is getting to the free throw line. Uh, you know, they got to the free throw line 23 times against Boise State, made 17 of them. Uh, and then the other thing I wanted to point out is that they did have 19 turnovers against Boise State. Now, you know, Boise State's a little bit more athletic, a little bit longer team at certain positions, but still – 19 turnovers is, is too many, you know, even when you're playing up in a uh, quality of opponent, but uh, something they're going to have to, you know, try and do better as, as they get into the year. And it seems like the turnovers are sometimes almost the Jackrabbits are passing the ball too much, almost like mm-hmm. they're, they're trying to make that extra pass or the pocket pass on the pick and roll when it's, it's not always uh, there, or sometimes it might just be better to, you know, take that mid range shot or hit the floater or, you know, kick it out for three, but, um, you know, that's a, that's an easy problem to have is passing the ball too much. Uh, that's, that's easier to uh, fix than not passing it enough, I'd say. So those are two things I just noticed, um, throughout that game, but overall they, they executed when they needed to and, and got a big dub and that's the kind of dub that helps them out, uh, you know, come March, if it, gets to the point where they're in the NCAA tournament and seeding's at stake. No, for sure. Yeah, it's, I mean, that's a big big thing when you're uh, getting into seeding. That was kind of where they were lacking last year is they didn't really have any quality wins. That's where they kind of got seeded uh, at that 14, I believe, remembering right. Uh, you know, a quad win or quad one win like this or a couple of quad two wins last year would have been huge and, you know, moving up to a 13 or a 12. But, um, yeah, you know, quality win, kind of one of my last points. Um, I brought up, you know, the bigs playing well in this game. They're super efficient. Will only missed one shot, went five of six. Matt only missed a couple, went seven of 11. So, you know, down low, they're getting really high-quality touches. They're not wasting them. Even Matt hit a three-pointer in this game. So, maybe he's turning into a shooter. He went one of two. He's one of two on the season now. So, something to keep an eye on. He didn't shoot one in the second game. But, 
Um, you know, those two are just super efficient. They're getting good shots. And that's probably what's leading to a lot of free throws, too, is they're, you know, playing inside out and uh, everyone's attacking the rim. So they're getting a lot of nice touches down there at the rim. Um, and everyone's kind of, you know, being efficient, trying to uh, not take lazy shots, but, you know, drive to the hoop and, like you said, get to the free throw line. Definitely. And uh, I think that transitions neatly into the St. Bonaventure game. Um we were just – me and Jacob were both at that game at the Pentagon tonight. We're recording after it. Um, and it was kind of a similar score to the uh, Boise State game, but I feel like the game played out completely differently. Uh, it was a totally different vibe to it, um, especially in the first half, not very much offensive flow. The turnovers kind of came back uh, for the Jackrabbits. They had uh, 25 of them in this game. Uh, they did force 18 from St. Bonaventure. But um, once again, another close game. Uh, the Jackrabbits are getting battle-tested early with these close games uh, against quality opponents, um, and they come out on top 66-62. to 62. Yeah, you know, I, I think in this game we saw it specifically, they've really focused in on defense. There's a lot more defensive intensity. Sometimes they have to re-lock in. Like tonight, we did see them kind of lock in when um, St. Bonaventure the second half Got up by seven, you know, had all the momentum. Uh, we saw, you know, Charlie come in. Alex got a stealer tip away. Um, had a couple big blocks. Um, but I feel like they clicked in in the second half defensively, and uh, St. Bonaventure really just never got going again. Um, they just kind of, you know, pitter-pattered around. They got a few points, obviously, here and there, but I feel like defensively the Jacks really locked in the second half of the second half. Um, and that's kind of what sealed the deal for them. Like you said, Shot a ton of free throws, did force 18 turnovers. Um, feel like SCSU had a lot of offensive fouls this game that led to, you know, a handful more tur- turnovers. Uh, well, there was a lot of lazy passing um, that kind of led to those as well. You know, they were willing to get in the, you know, passing lanes and, you know, knock away some easy passes from us. So you need to crisp that up a little bit. Maybe that goes back to, again, not having that true point guard, that ball handler for the Jacks this year. Obviously, you lose Baylor. It's hard to, uh, you know, you can't replace Baylor in a year. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. But I do think a positive, you know, from this game was uh, Tanner Tesla had his best game, you know, probably as a jackrabbit. Um, you know, of his freshman campaign, seven points. You go one of four from the field, but, you know, hit a big three late in the game. Hit a couple of big free throws. So, you know, saw the moment wasn't too big for him. His, his minutes went up a little bit. Got 14 in this game compared to like six or seven he was getting before. Um yeah, it's good to see, you know, maybe he struggled a little bit early in the first half, but really got going there in the second half when they needed him to. No, that was a point I was going to make, too, is that uh, he looked more comfortable in this one. You know, the first couple games, I'm sure he was nervous, first ever college basketball games. And, you know, back in front of, I'm sure, a lot of family and friends that were, that made it to this game, being in Sioux Falls, um, he looked comfortable and, you know, seems to be – contributing more and more every game, and it was good to see that. We also saw the return of Luke Apple. Mm-hmm. He had sat out the first couple games. You know, he's got some nagging injuries, foot, shoulder. Um, I think he was, you know, potentially debating to to apply for a med red shirt, but sounds, you know, it looks like he's going to play this year. And he had some big buckets and kind of added some energy off the bench for the Jackrabbits. And then Matt Dentlinger has kind of been the steady force this year, 16 points. Six boards, um, and he was their leading scorer. Went eight of eight from the free throw line. Jack shot 
30 free throws, made 25. Uh, St. Bonaventure only shot eight free throws. So once again, attempting or making way more free throws than the other team attempts. It's always a recipe for success. Um, and, you know, overall, uh, it was not the best performance, not the, the cleanest of wins, but at the end of the day, it wins a win at a semi-neutral site against a quality mid-major opponent, another resume stacker. You're on a win streak now, and, uh, um, you know, good to get it in front of the, the Pentagon fans. Exactly. And, you know, they, they did struggle, obviously, like you said, the turnovers. Also from the three-point line, they only went three of 16. Um, it seemed like a lot of open shots, too. You know, a couple forced ones, but there's a couple open ones that weren't falling. So, you know, they shaped that up a little bit. They, you know, start making some of those. Maybe the game's not quite as close. They do pull away. They don't fall behind, that kind of stuff. So um, it'll be interesting to see, you know, obviously the best three-point shooting team in the country last year, lose Baylor. But it seemed like last, like a lot of the shots tonight were open that just didn't fall. So, you know, hopefully that kind of changes in these upcoming games. I guess I pose a question to you here. I kind of talked about the bigs, the last game, how big they were. Um, in this game, uh, Luke was also tied for second leading score with nine points. Uh, like you said, 16 from Dentlinger. William Kyle had six. Um, for SCSU to be successful, what's kind of a number the three probably have to combine for scoring? I was thinking somewhere between that 25 to 32 range, somewhere in there. I guess would there be a number you think those three should combine for points, you know, when you want SCSU to be successful? I'm thinking I'm thinking closer to 40. Uh, you know, obviously this team has a lot of people that play. There's not one guy – you know, maybe Matt a little bit so far to start the year, but not one guy that's necessarily always going to be, you know, you don't have the Mike Dom, you don't have the Doug Wilson, you don't have the, you know, Baylor Shireman where you know who your leading scorers are going to be. Um, but I think about 40 points, you know, if you get 15 or so from from one of them and then, uh, you know, 10 to 10 and 10 or 10 and 12. So, you know, I think hitting 40, it's, it's a really good night and, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, between 35 to 40 is what you're going to need to probably get a lot of victories. Um, but they've, they've been playing well. Once again, they were they were pretty efficient. Matt, four or five from the field. Uh, Luke was three of three. William Kyle, two of three. So the the their SDSU was playing through the post, uh, and they're getting good looks down there. They probably need to clean up some of the turnovers that, that have been forced on some of the double teams and stuff. But um, – Overall, they're playing through the post, and it's working. They're, you know, on a win streak here. No, exactly. And uh, kind of speaking to that efficiency number, um, this year I think – I don't know. I, this could be wrong, but I feel like last year they weren't always consistent at the free throw line. Uh seems like they are a little bit more this year. Uh, it was kind of what led to, you know, this win in the last one. Uh, obviously 25 of 30 this game. But you, guys, you had guys like Dentlinger, a perfect 8 of 8. Uh, you know, Kyle hit two big ones after missing a couple. Uh, Luke Apple, three of four. Tesla, four of four. You know, big, big moments there for the freshman. I think two of those were, you know, pretty late in the game. At least two of them were pretty late in the game. So they've been efficient at the free throw line. And, you know, you're not going to score a ton of points offensively. You got to you gotta make all those shots at the free throw line. And shooting 83% is pretty good. And, you know, you kind of assume it's only going to go up from here. Um yeah, so that'll be you know fun to watch develop throughout the year. If they're gonna keep getting to the free throw line, it's gonna be interesting to see how you know efficient they can get at that at the charity stripe this season. 
Yeah, and they, you know, they were good at getting there last year, but like you said, had a little struggle in in finishing sometimes at the free throw line, and it let teams creep back in. But so far, so good this year. Um, and then my last note on this game is I think Jack Rabbit fans uh, and you and me both were were kind of waiting for Zeke to to maybe play a little bit more aggressive. Um, I thought at times his defensive intensities lacked a little bit, um, but you know, waiting for him to take kind of that next step that that Jackrabbit fans were maybe expecting of him. Um, and I think he's definitely capable of it, but um, we saw he sat for a little bit more than maybe typical in the second half of this game when the Jacks went on a, a little bit of a defensive run, and maybe that'll, that'll spark him and, and get some uh, fight in him to, uh, you know, kind of be a little more aggressive on both the offensive and defensive ends. Yeah, I think that aggression on offense kind of goes back to you. I mentioning earlier that extra pass. Seems like sometimes they get to the, the rim and they're like, okay, who can I dump it to or who can I kick it to? Especially on nights like tonight's where they're, where they're not really hitting the three ball. You know, get up to the go up to the rim, try to make a layup, try to force a layup, that kind of thing. You know, it's, it's an easy way to get things going is either at the free throw line or you'll make it a couple layups. So he did have 13 rebounds, though. Um, that was big and he led the team with five assists. So he did things, you know, other ways, but just seemed you know, like you said, offensively, he was kind of slow. Um, all that end, on that end tonight, only a couple points. So, you know, I don't know if it's an aggression thing or what, like maybe the way the offense is flowing this year. He just hasn't, you know, gotten into that groove. But um, we'll be surprised that, you know, maybe here in the next few games, getting closer to conference play, we see, you know, maybe take the next step. And I'm guessing the coaches are telling him to be, little bit more aggressive when you know getting downhill and getting to the rim to get some of those easier shots opposed to those you know long twos that he kind of settled for tonight definitely and uh, you know like i said i think he's more than capable and i think he'll get there but um just waiting waiting for that breakout game that'll you know let us know he's fully arrived for sure and you know with that being said we got a couple you know games as well uh coming up for the men um first one quick turnaround uh they play on Wednesday against Arkansas, down in Arkansas. Probably just jumped right on a plane after the game here in Sioux Falls and headed right down there. Yes, Cody, uh, what do you know about the number nine Razorbacks? So, yeah, like you said, number nine in the country. They're going to be at the you know top of the SEC with uh, Alabama and Tennessee and um, uh, Kentucky. So they're going to be – you know I think they've made back-to-back Sweet 16s under Eric Musselman. Uh, they have a pretty – solid identity as a team that they've had with uh, Musselman as their coach. They play pretty fast, you know, top 60 in the country in tempo, and they like to get shots at the rim. Uh, you know, they, they don't settle for threes. They don't take a ton. They don't convert them that well. Um, I think they're 320th in the country in the percentage of their shots that are three pointers this year. Um, and they're only making 21 uh, or sorry, they're, 320th in conversion percentage and 355th in the amount of threes uh, that take that make up all of their shots. So they don't take them. They don't make them that well, but they get to the rim and they force turnovers and they play fast. And I think the, the turnover piece is the biggest thing for the Jackrabbits this year uh, or, you know, going into this game is that um, the Razorbacks are forcing turnovers on 30% of their possessions on the defensive end, and, you know, the the Jacks are probably averaging close to 20 turnovers now a game after 
that St. Bonaventure game. So they're going to have to take care of the ball, um, and they're going to you know have to be able to to score at the Razorbacks and play uh, either with the Razorbacks at their pace or find a way to slow the game down. Yeah, you, you know you sure assume they're going to try to slow it down with them. Uh, they haven't SEC hasn't really got out and run this year. They do like to play with the two bigs and two guards. So I do assume they're probably going to try to slow them down. Um, you know, we have a common opponent. I guess we haven't played them yet, but they did play NDSU to start the season. Uh, beat them 76 to 58. Uh, one of their guards, you know, 22 points. Kind of one of the Achilles heels for uh, SDSU has been like, you know, quicker guards that can score. So it'll be interesting to see, you know, what they can do to slow him down. Um, and yeah, I think, you know, if SDSU hits their shots and doesn't turn the ball over, they can stick around in the game because I don't know if Arkansas, without being able to shoot a bunch of threes, is going to really have that pull-away factor. If they do, if SCSU can play their game, you know, at least keep it close. You don't, get, you don't usually get the free throws uh, when you go to a game like this. Usually the better team, the bigger, because usually they're a little bit bigger as well, get away with a few more calls. So um, you can't obviously be hoping to live at the free throw line to win. But, you know, make them when they get there um, and make them play, you know, a little bit slower, I think, is probably what SCSU is going to go in there with the mindset of. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how, you know, fresh they are coming off a game in Sioux Falls, jumping on a plane, getting on to Fayetteville and playing a game, a game, you know, 24 hours later. So, um, yeah, I guess that'll be something to watch as well. If they're a little bit more fatigued uh, with the game and you know, maybe that helps Arkansas late in the game if they're looking to run, but hopefully, you know, SCSU can keep, you know, keep their cool, keep it slow and um, make the game pretty interesting. Yeah, the fatigue will be interesting, um, especially because the Jackrabbits, their three games they have played have all been, you know, pretty intense games come down to the final minute. Um, and they just had one of those tonight at the Pentagon. And, you know, hopefully it's it's that kind of game again and the Jackrabbits have a chance to win it at the end. But, um, it's going to take a lot, you know. Arkansas, mm-hmm. is, they're in the top twenty, top ten for a reason. Um, you know, some other things about them here, quick before we wrap up and move on to the next preview is they are the fifth tallest team in the uh, country, but they have uh, not very many people returning from last year. They have a lot of new pieces, a lot of transfers. That's kind of been their hallmark, is you know, with Musselman is getting new transfers in. So, um, Jackrabbits have some of that experience, have some of that continuity. And uh, maybe they can go down and sneak out an SEC dub, but they're going to have to uh, take care of the ball, Mm -hmm. deal with the length, deal with the pressure, deal with the pace, and uh, probably hit some three-pointers if they want a chance to win this one. No, for sure. And uh, the second game you kind of brought up there was the Stephen F. Austin game. Uh, Fans will remember uh, SDSU did travel down to uh, Stephen F. Austin last year, beating them 83-71. to uh, this year they are two and one. Their leading scorer, averaging about seventeen and a half points again a game. Uh, he's a forward, so you know it'll be fun watching him and Matt go head to head. Their numbers are pretty similar, both shooting 68 percent from the field, averaging seventeen points. Um, and he does lead the team, I believe, in assists as well or rebounds. Excuse me, with seven. So you know he's guard that can get a double double for him if they need him to be. It'll be a interesting matchup, you know, with him. Uh, him and Matt, and then obviously Luke coming off the bench and probably a little bit of William Kyle as well. Yeah, and that's um, Friday, I believe, or Saturday, uh, back in Frost. So first home game of the year 
First mm-hmm. chance for the Jackrabbit faithful to uh, see the men play in, in uh, actual game. Uh, you know, they have the exhibition, but first actual game in Frost Arena. Uh, great that they can get this home and home with Stephen F. Austin, another, you know, typically high-rated mid-major team. Um, and they're also really good at forcing turnovers. Uh, they don't do it in quite the same style. Uh, they have not as much length as Arkansas. Uh, I think they're like bottom 300 in terms of overall team height, uh, but they just get after you with a lot of ball pressure uh, kind of in your face defense. And so uh, the Jackrabbits are going to be put to a test with the the turnover problems they've had to start the year. And, um, you know, hopefully go, getting back to Frost Arena, the, the, the friendly confines of Frost Arena helps uh, quell some of those turnovers. Um, but it should be another, you know, close mid-major game. I think Ken Palm has it as the Jackrabbits winning by seven um, at the moment. Um, I'm guessing a lot of that's probably due to the home court advantage factor. So probably another close game in store. But once again, these Jackrabbits are getting battle-tested in the non-conference. No, they, they definitely are. And um, I do think one big thing to watch, uh, I did bring up Luke Apple, just to kind of see how his minutes, if they grow a little bit. You know, we kind of only saw him in like two-minute spurts, three-minute spurts tonight. Um, so I guess we'll see how that looks against Arkansas if he, you know, gets some, you know, maybe more of an extended run and, um, you know, get more of a groove. But, you know, back-to-back games might be a little bit harder for that. But maybe the Stephen F. Austin game, you know, we do see him, you know, get four or five minutes at a time or, um, you know, who knows. But, you know, with cardio being out, cardio is probably not up to what they want it to be at this point in the year just because he has been out with an injury. Um, obviously, don't know what the injury is, but probably made conditioning and, you know, Strength training a little bit difficult. So, um, yeah, I guess it'll be just an interesting couple games. Hopefully, SCSU, you know, can be competitive against Arkansas and then get a win at home against a team they beat a year ago. So, team looking for a little bit of revenge in the non-con. But, you know, Frost Arena is a little bit different um, than playing at your own home arena. So, uh, it'll be fun to see, you know, what they do there. And, like you said, a more comfortable maybe arena for the Jacks to be shooting in. Uh, maybe the – the Pentagon wasn't their thing, wasn't their backdrops. And now that they're back in frost, we'll see if maybe that shooting can you know, kind of skyrocket for them and they get a little bit more groove, and more of a groove going. For sure. And this is the only Jacks versus Jacks matchup you will uh, probably get this year in NCAA basketball <laughs> with the uh, Lumberjacks from Stephen F. Austin facing the Jack Rabbits. Both teams go by the nickname Jacks. So. Maybe some smart, some some smart cheers this weekend if you're going to the game. You can't just say "Let's go, Jacks." You gotta, you gotta go up the, the full Jack Rabbits or SDSU. <laughs> That's the deep diving analytics you'll get on this show. Uh, work on your cheers. So, um, <laughs> that being said, I uh, don't have much to add. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, we do have Matt Dentlinger on the episode here, uh, so we will go into that uh, conversation with with Matt. Today we welcome on a sixth-year senior and the hero in SDSU's most recent game against Boise State, uh, a current Jackrabbit forward, uh, Matt Dentlinger. So, Matt, how's it going? Uh, pretty good. Good, good, good to hear. You know, you had that really exciting uh, game back in Boise, what feels, you know, almost a week ago now that we're doing this recording with you. But um, if we go back to that moment, you know, it was a tie ball game. Shavers at the line. He misses a couple free throws. You guys called a timeout, um, you know, in between the two free throws. But just if you want to walk us through 
the sequence that kind of led to your uh, game-winning layup and bringing home a win for the for the Jackrabbits? Yeah, um, like you said, um, Shaver, the their guard was uh, shooting two free throws, and he missed the first, called the timeout, um, and we just kind of went through what what our options were if he were to make it or miss the free throw. Um, fortunately, he missed the free throw, so tie game. Um, we got the last shot, and then that was just a simple, like, kind of go screen with Alex. On Alex was go screening Zeke. Um, both guys went to Zeke, kicked it to Alex. He got around his guy who was helping, and then um, he could have shot it, but he decided to pass it over my guy, and then I caught it and laid it in and won the game. It was, I don't know, pretty pretty simple play, but it worked. Yeah, buckets for sure. Um, and before we take it all the way back to, you know, the beginning of your career, how did it feel doing that um, and being back kind of in the arena where you were a redshirt freshman um, when you went to the NCAA tournament, you know, five, five or six years ago? Uh, was there any nostalgia factor or, you know, special to do it in that place? Yeah, I mean, it was, it was cool going back there. Um, it's a cool arena um, and it definitely, brought back some memories of the redshirt year when we went to the tournament. Um, obviously, Alex and I didn't play, but uh, just to go back there um, and it just brought back some memories, um, just like the trip, uh, our, Fred, our redshirt year, and then just like the arena and like their football arena right by each other, just recognize the area. So it was pretty cool. No, and you brought up, uh, you know, you and Alex being there for now six years. I guess uh, kind of going back all that time now when you did, you know, commit to SDSU, show up, I guess, what was kind of the, you know, process of getting recruited there and what kind of, you know, made you choose SDSU uh, over some other schools? Um, I guess for, for me, you know, this was a while ago, but uh, <laughs> uh, it was a different coach back then. TJ was the coach um, and it was, I guess my recruitment with them started uh, the summer before my senior year. Um, I came to a um, one of their individual camps, and that's kind of how I got to know the coaching staff. And then they followed me through uh, the rest of the summer with my like the AU stuff. Um, and then I came on a visit at end of the summer, I think, around August. Um, and just, you know, saw the, saw the campus, met with the coaches, um, met with, um, I think it was one of the engineering professors. Um, and I guess from that point on, I, SDSU was kind of the top of my list because um, engineering was something I was interested in. They had a good program. Obviously, their basketball program was top notch. Um, really liked the coaching staff. Um, the, the players were all um, super good, super welcoming, you know, friendly. Um, seemed like a really just overall, you know, I mean, I guess no-brainer decision, really. Like, yep. they had everything that I was looking for. So, um, yeah, from there, I just decided to commit to SCSU. And here we are, five and a half years later, yep. almost five years later. Yeah, and you said, you know, five and a half years, almost six years now. Uh, and your roles kind of changed almost every year. I guess 
getting ready for each season and um, each game? Is it, you know, has it been easier? Has it been harder to kind of adjust your role year to year? What's, I guess, with your ever-changing role, what's kind of it been, um, how's it been able to prepare for each season, not really knowing for sure what you're going to be asked of each week? Um, I'd say year to year, um, you know, you kind of typically have a idea of, you know, where you're at from, you've been practicing so much, you know, where everyone is at on the team, um, how we mesh together. And, um, just from, I guess the amount of time that I've been here, it's, um, I've just, you know, tried to focus on doing whatever I can do to help the team win, uh, whether it's be a good teammate or be on the court, get, make some good defensive play or get a rebound or score. I don't know what it is night to night, but just, you know, being, trying to be ready whenever I guess you're called upon um, is one way to put it. No, definitely. And you've, you've fit that role to a T, you know, you've, you've been asked to do a lot of different things and you've been able to step up and do that. Um, and you mentioned, you know, and we've mentioned a couple of times how long you've been in this program. Um, you know, you've do, done a lot of things here. You've won a summer league championship. You've won a summer league tournament, gone to an NCAA tournament. What as a sixth year senior, you know, still keeps you motivated, hungry, every day at practice, uh, you know, to, to keep doing it. Cause college basketball is a grind. Um, but you know, what keeps you motivated? Yeah, for sure. Uh, college basketball definitely is a grind. It's, it's year round, but, um, I'd say, you know, that grind is, or like the constant, just looking for improvement, you know, you can always get better has been one thing I've tried to focus on. Um, and, you know, like from a team standpoint, like there, yeah, we've made it to the NCAA tournament, but like, what's like the next step or making it every year, trying to make it every year. Like we've had a couple bet like years where we didn't make it, um, get into that consistency or even, and then from there, you know, you know, yeah, you make the NCAA tournament the next thing, you know, win a game. We haven't won a game yet. So just there's always room for improvement. So I guess that's kind of where I find my motivation is, you know, always can improve. So just try to, you know, keep working hard and get better. Yeah. And I'm sure people outside the program, inside the program, we're all excited for that, you know, that first NCAA tournament victory, whenever it will come. Um, another thing we talked about, or you talked about was your, you know, engineering and how that was a motivating factor. Um, to going to SDSU. I was also a mechanical engineer at SDSU, so I know a little bit about that world as well, but how has it been, you know, balancing engineering, which is, you know, takes a lot of time outside of basketball with basketball, because uh, you've got, you know, numerous all, all American, all ac or academic, all American awards. Um, so, you know, what's that balance been like? Um, it's been, um, you know, at times it's a little difficult with travel. Um, but I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, uh, I'm, I'm fortunate to have some really good teachers who, you know, are willing to work with our schedule. Um, and then they're able to make the, you know, the material like very engaging. So, um, and I guess I, 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 there are classes that I don't enjoy, but for the most part, I enjoy the material <laughs> and, 
sometimes the coursework gets a little um I don't know monotonous but um I don't know it's kind of goes with the whole mindset of working hard you know getting better like I'm gonna no matter what I do I'm gonna try and do my best and that that kind of applies to school too um so I'm gonna you know my mindset has always been just try to do my best also I gotta say like I don't know my my parents are pretty I gotta give them a lot of credit for you know teaching me like my values and where I am right now is can't can't not appreciate what they did I guess <laughs> um and kind of shifting back to like some of the on-court stuff um obviously Doug and Luke or not Doug and Luke Doug and Baylor leaving the program losing a lot of points a lot of production from last year's team what's it been like in practice and um I guess the difference uh in the team this year kind of looking to replace those guys or have some other guys you know finding new roles um it's been uh, a pretty I'd say it's pretty smooth um I guess transition um we had a similar transition after my redshirt freshman year I think you know when we had Mike uh Mike Dom Skylar Flat and Tevin King uh David Jenkins you know they all left and we had to kind of we almost started fresh that year um so and Alex Arians, you know, was a part of that transition too. So we kind of have been through similar scenarios. And um, and then, I mean, other than that, um, we have a lot of returning players. So um, it, it really, like practices have been still very competitive. Um, you know, everyone understands, you know, we all got um, to make up for the, I guess, the lost um players you know everyone's gotta step up find a new role um and i think we're all ready for that so it's pretty exciting no for sure and um some of the new guys that have kind of entered the program obviously uh william kyle and broden lean this year coming off the retro year i guess uh we haven't seen a whole lot of them obviously only two games in um william's got a lot of playing time out time obviously starting with you uh, i guess kind of describe those two's playing styles what it's like playing with them and um kind of would they add to the, uh, the, you know, the front court? Yeah, they're, they're both really good players. Um, and I'm sure they'll have, you know, great careers here. Um, long past when I'm gone. <laughs> but uh, so describing their, I guess their game, you know, start with like Will. Will's super athletic, really long. He's um, in practice, you know, he's one of the best um post defenders you know I've went up against to be honest um just with his length um he's able to block a lot of shots you know you you didn't think he was going to get to um and I've had to like you know it's, I think it's helped me a lot to play against a player like that in practice um I mean um and then Broden uh Broden's also oh I guess to go back on Will Will has on the offensive end Will has really good touch um, can pass the ball. Um, and I think, um, he, he improved a ton over the summer, which is really exciting to see, you know, he's a really hard worker. So I think he's just going to keep improving as the years go by. And then Broden, Broden's also, you know, really good player. Um, really fun to play with. Um, he can, he can stretch the four, he can shoot it. Um, 
he's really strong, you know, going up against him in the post is it's a battle. It's, it's a lot of, like, it's hard to move him. He's really strong, but, um, and then, yeah, similar to Broden or similar to Will, he's a really hard worker, uh, good kid, really liked playing with him too. No, and you, you mentioned Will uh, and his, you know, ability to block shots. Um, that's not something necessarily all unfamiliar to you. I think you're came into the season sixth in block shots uh, for SDSU history. Uh, you know, you've had a couple games this year with, with some big blocks and you maybe don't fit the prototypical shot blocker mold, but you know, what is it about you being able to just uh, get some block shots for your team? Cause those are usually pretty big plays. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, for me, it's, um, I feel like it's just like, I'm in the right spot at the right time, I guess, like, and you just gotta, you know, sometimes like, you know, maybe the guy doesn't think you're going to be able to block it. So you time your jump, right. But um, I don't know. It's, um, it's something our coaches really, um, you know, folk or I guess harp on us kind of sometimes is, you know, not giving up easy layups. So not just, letting the guy shoot a layup, I'm going to go up and challenge it no matter what, whether I get a foul or a block or just playing straight up and down, they don't call anything and make a miss. Um, is just, just trying to, you know, help a teammate out sometimes. I honestly don't, I feel like I don't get a lot of on ball blocks a lot. It's more help side or like in transition, some, sometimes that type of play, but yeah, I don't know. No, I think that's a, a good description of, you know, embodies your career as a jackrabbit always being there on the help side being able to do what's what's asked to you um only one last question for you this has been great um i guess this is kind of an open-ended one for you but uh you've been you know in, in sdsu in brookings for six years what uh you know what is it about brookings and the sdsu community that makes it so special and you know why have you enjoyed being here for um all this time um Okay. That's, that's, yeah, that's, there's a lot in that. Um, Take one, it as you will. It can be simple or it can be long. I'll go, I'll go into a couple different things. So for one, um, you know, the, the culture with our, like the basketball program, um, it's just, uh, it's really good. I mean, every team I've been on has been um, just really close, you know, um, never really any, uh problems off the court really um you know everyone gets along pretty good you know we're all together play together um and that's really been like basketball wise something that i think has really helped our success is you know how well all the teams play together uh sharing the ball you know playing connected on defense you know just being happy for everyone else's success um and then you gotta i mean i also gotta say like playing at frost is just something special i've played in a lot of different arenas and none of them have given me the chill like the goosebumps that frost gives me like when you know you're going on a run and you make a big three and the crowd goes crazy that's um frost and then you know denny sanford maybe right after that but i don't know it's uh something about playing in frost is really special the fans are best easily the best in the conference um if not one of the best like fan bases in really the the nation um 
and then like the community, everyone, you know, supports SDSU. It's really cool to see, you know, you go to the Hobo Day Parade and it's everyone's lined up on the um, on the parade route, everyone's supporting all the program. So just, you know, it's a pretty, it's a close knit community, a smaller community, which is similar to what I grew up with. So I kind of um, enjoy that. Um, yeah. And then you, you go around town, people know your name, like people say good job. It's, it's really cool to see. For sure. And, uh, you know, with, with all that being said, there's still a whole, whole season in front of you guys. Um, and your team, you know, you got a game coming up at the Pentagon uh, soon, and uh, we're we're excited to watch you guys uh, play this year and and see what all you can accomplish in, in your last year here. Yeah, I appreciate it. It'll be we're all looking forward to the season too. And that was our conversation with Matt Dentlinger. Thanks again for Matt for coming on the show. Uh, that conversation was brought to you by Dreg's Place in Battle, South Dakota. You know, with wintertime rolling around, they have a bunch of uh, soup options up there for you. It is getting into what we like uh, like to call soup season. So get up there, get some soup, and, uh, you know, enjoy yourself. Obviously, if you're going through town there, stop in, warm up, and eat some good soup. Um, but with that being said, we are going to dive into the women's games. Uh, a couple games to recap there as well. As Cody said, we went 4-0 this week in total games. So uh, starting with last Friday, they played Lehigh, winning 91-73. to SCSU, you know, kind of controlled the game uh, for most of it. The only quarter that was not won by SDSU was the third, where they went 26-26. Uh, Maya Sellen led the scoring for the Jackrabbits with 18 points, also had eight rebounds and four assists leading the team. Uh, you know, Maya playing really well, starting out the gate – or starting hot out the gate here. Uh, obviously, 91 points. Uh, it's hard to – you know, it's going to be hard for a lot of – girls teams to kind of keep up with that. That's a high scoring number for the Jackrabbits. And I guess Cody going back to Friday's matchup, what's kind of stuff you remember from or take away from that matchup? I think this one, um, so both the Lehigh game and then when we dive into the Mississippi State game, the, the thing I've been impressed the most with the Jackrabbits this year is just their team defense. Um, Lehigh did shoot the ball pretty decent um, against the Jackrabbits, but just how the women's team is moving uh, together, how they're communicating, how they're rebounding. Uh, I think their team defense is, you know, really up up to par at this point in the season. Uh, and that comes from, you know, good veterans that have been in the system a long time, bringing the, the younger players up to speed, you know, and also good coaching. Uh, you know, someone that's been coaching there a long time knows – knows how to get that out of his players. And so I think the team defense has been really what really what has, you know, helped them uh, after the Creighton game uh, get back on this this mini win streak. Well, for sure. And in this game, uh, you know, we saw some of the newcomers on the team really kind of step up. Uh, Ellie Colbeck, she had 12 points. Brooklyn Meyer had eight. And then Drew um, had five points. But, you know, she's more of a – Facilitator, her minutes started going up in this game a little bit, got up to 14. Coming off that injury again, you don't really know where the cardio is for. So just good to see, you know, some of these players really fitting into their roles. Um, coming off the bench, Tyson, huge 12 points off the bench. You know, her, you said that defensively, she's been really good. She's been rebounding. She's doing a little bit of everything off the bench. Um, you know, making it hard for, um, you know, just other players to find minutes where, you know, Brooklyn Meyer probably – could be getting a lot of minutes, but Tyson's, you know, really stealing a lot from her as well. So 
SCCU has a lot of really good depth there, and it's only going to get better once, you know, Page gets back into the, the rotation. You know, he'll probably either move Timmer or Colbeck down to the bench and, you know, have them be the sixth person uh, and just be that offensive threat coming from the bench. So there's a lot of potential still here coming for the SCCU uh, women's team, and, you know, they're already getting some big wins here. So it's been fun to watch them uh, early on in the season. What you touched on there, their uh, front court depth, I think is something to be excited for because that's something they didn't always have at times last year. Um, but with both Callie Tyson and Brooklyn Meyer playing well off the bench, mm-hmm. providing good defense, valuable minutes, um, you know that's been that's been really helpful for the Jacks, especially Peyton has kind of got got off to a little bit of a slow start, uh, you know, on the offensive end, and so them being able to come in and, and score points and help contribute has, has been a really big success for the Jackrabbits. And then, um, you know, Ellie Colbeck in her first start against Lehigh, 12 points. She shot the ball well, two or three from the three-point line. So um, just overall uh, a kind of a get-right win at Frost Arena uh, for the Jacks after that tough Creighton game. Yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, it's good to stack up wins. You know, Lehigh is obviously not going to be – a win we talk about come March as a probably a seeding, you know, win, but it is a, you know, good win when you have like maybe these mid-major teams that aren't up to your par to, you know, beat them by nearly 20. That is something that, you know, does on the resume look good. So um, big win there. Uh, you know, when these games are like that, it's hard to really nitpick really anything where it's like, hey, like they could improve here or there. They won by almost 20. So just a dominating win for them. Um, and that kind of moves us into the Mississippi State game where um, I think the score is a little bit closer than the game actually was, uh, especially with Mississippi State hitting a three, you know, at the buzzer. But the final score was 63 to 62. Um, Maya, again, led all scores with 18 points. She also had 10 rebounds with a double-double. Uh, team was led by Drew uh, Gilton with six assists. Um, so, yeah, just another, you know, really quality win, Mississippi State. Uh, quality program, quality win for the Jackrabbits. Um, I think the big takeaway I had from this game was, you know, this was probably Drew's best game as a Jackrabbit, you know, up to 21 minutes. Um, so we saw a little bit more of an intense, you know, higher intensity game. Drew's minutes, you know, another seven more minutes this game. Like I said, led the team assist what she was probably brought in more to do is to be that facilitator. And you really noticed it on the fast break. She uh, was really good at like, hey, pass me, boom, right down to the rim where we have somebody else cutting. So. Um, you can tell there's that ex- that other level where she, you know, came from Utah, five-year starter, four-year starter, lots of, a lot of games under her belt. She just knows where people are, but, um, you know, Maya's just off to a, another hot start and again, leading all scores with 18 points is really showing why she's probably going to be, you know, summit league player of the year this year, just dominating almost every game. And when the Jackrabbits need a bucket, you know, Mississippi state did keep it close and did fight back a lot. Maya was one of the girls they, you know, turned to and, Got a big shot from her. She, you know, she made a big basket. Yeah, just a, a really solid win uh, for the Jackrabbit women. You know, Mississippi State comes in, plays a pretty aggressive style. Um, they have a lot of, you know, physical size and length. And the Jackrabbits did turn the ball over a little bit, but um, some of that was down the stretch. And for the most part, they were able to handle it, execute on the offensive end when they needed to. You know, they shot 49% from the field. Got to the free throw line 27 times. Didn't necessarily execute <laughs> there. Um, but, you know, they, they were getting quality looks. They were getting fouled. 
Um, so they were running their offense. Uh, they had a lot of different players contribute, only a couple in double figures, you know, Maya, like you said, and then Haley Timmer. But uh, everyone chipped in uh, that, you know, played for the most part um, other than uh, Ellie Kolbeck. And so they they got points from, from everyone and um, came out with a really gritty win. And I think part of that was that team defense that I talked about is – they, they held Mississippi State to 38% shooting, 26% from the three-point line. They only let them get to the line 11 times, and they rebounded the ball really well. Uh, they had 14 offensive rebounds, 31 defensive rebounds. So I think total they out-rebounded Mississippi State by like 16. Uh, team defense and rebounds at home and getting to, and getting, you know, to the free-throw line, even though they didn't quite execute there, um, that's going to win you a lot of ball games. For sure, and I'm guessing one of the first things uh, AJ brought up was the free throw line when they got got back into the locker room. Going 14 to 27, not ideal. You know, you hit seven more of those, tw- go 21 to 27. You're winning by, you know, almost 10 points there. So, yeah, you know, just a little bit more, you know, work at the free throw line. Maybe that's early season jitters, you know, just not up to – maybe it's a – I've said conditioning a lot today, but maybe just, you know, run, a lot of running early on in the year, just not ready – all the way in game shape yet, so a little bit weak at the free throw line, but also one of eight from the three uh, three point line. Um, you know, last year again, best three point shooting team in the country, and kind of came out to a slow start, and which is weird because they only lost really. I guess Page isn't playing, but Tyler Irwin's the only player that really left from last year. So um, just interesting to see that maybe they're struggling from that uh, three point line this year, and I don't know what's really causing it. Seems like a lot of times they have some pretty good looks and they're just not falling. So I guess we'll see. But I, you know, it is a good thing they aren't forcing. You know, they were having an off at the three point line. So what they do, they start getting to the rim more, uh, going for layups. You know, getting more open shots. Obviously, why they ended up shooting twenty seven free throws. We'd just like to see those going as well. Yeah, and you know, Lindsey also from last year. You know, with Tylee, both of them were pretty decent three point shooters. But yep. like you said, shot selection, knowing kind of yourselves and only shooting eight threes when they're not going in. Um, and Haley Timmer did hit a really big bucket, uh, a three point, the only three-pointer they made um, at the end of the third quarter that I think it put them up like six points or something or seven points, mm-hmm. gave them that cushion, um, you know, when Mississippi State was going to ratchet up the pressure. the pressure, And then down the stretch, they got other big shots. You know, Maya had a really big shot at the end of the game, and Peyton had a really big shot at the end of the game that they converted when they needed to. And that's what you want your veterans to do is – you know, step up in big moments. I'm going to steal a line from Kevin O'Connell. Be at your best when your best is required. Um, <laughs> me and Jacob have been pretty excited about the Vikings. That's a little aside, yep. but um, <laughs> that that was a good line from him. And so, uh, you know, being at your best when your best is required, and that's what uh, the veterans on this team are doing. And they're going to need it because, you know, they uh, got this quality win, but they had backed women's tournament fields uh, in the non-conference in all of NCAA women's basketball this year. Yeah, and, you know, getting into that, we are uh, getting ready. They're going to go down for the Bad Boy Mowers uh, Battle for Atlantis tournament here. Really only one game scheduled. Uh, very familiar foe uh, for SDSU, which is kind of a weird thing to say for a non-conference opponent, but they're going to be going. Uh, first game will be against the UCLA Bruins. Uh, fans will remember playing them twice last year, obviously once in this tournament. And in the WNIT last season. Um, so I guess, you know, Cody, 
played team this often. You know, obviously they're gonna remember how last season ended with that uh 62 to 59 victory in Frost. I believe UCLA got the win in the tournament initially. I was trying to go find the actual score for it. Um, but yeah, I guess Cody going into it. What's kind of something you're telling the team? Obviously, UCLA last year was ranked when they played in the, uh, this tournament. But I guess if you're SDSU going into it and you you know an opponent uh, this well, I guess, and you know they're going to be coming back for some revenge, what do you say kind of getting ready for the tournament or for the game? So I think SDSU actually won both matchups last year. Okay. Um, yeah, they, they beat UCLA in an early season tournament, much like this one, by 10. Okay, yeah. And then beat them kind of in that epic WNIT game um, at the end of the year. But, uh, you know, what you say is that UCLA is going to be coming for you. You know, they they play both games really hard. Uh, I think in the last um, NCAA AP poll that came out, UCLA was the top receiving votes team. SDSU was the second top receiving votes team. So 26th and 27th in the country, effectively. Very close matchup. Um, and I think you're telling, telling, you know, your, your team that you're going to have to bring it. It's going to be an intense game. Uh, sometimes in these tournaments too, the, uh, physicality can kind of go up a notch cause you know, it's a, it's a neutral site. So no one's got the home court advantage and, um, you want, you know, they're kind of a showcase. So you want the best players on the court and, um, it's going to be a battle. I think UCLA brings back, uh, a senior uh, I think she might even be a super senior, Charisma Osborne. She's averaging mm-hmm. like 16 points a game. She played well in the uh, – hit some really big shots in the WNIT game against the Jackrabbits last year. They also have the number one ranked uh, freshman class in the country coming in. So, you know, a lot of talent coming in for UCLA. So uh, the Jackrabbits are probably going to, you know, have to play some pretty athletic um, players uh, in, in UCLA's team this year. So uh, – I think AJ's gonna probably have them ready for it. I think the players will probably be up for it. Uh, you know, knowing this team super well, but gonna be a really fun game. No, for sure. And you know, it's when a season like this where SKC is really looking to, uh, you know, maybe even host their first NCAA tournament game. Um, a couple of games like these are the tournaments you need to go get some wins. Uh, it's, a, it's a stacked field. Um, start out obviously, like we said, UCLA. Then they have potential opponents like the Volunteers, uh, Tennessee, who's ranked. They have Texas in the field, Marquette, Louisville, and Gonzaga. All teams of the field, all teams that are, you know, highly respected. So, um, yeah, you know, if you can get a couple wins in this tournament, that really, you know, plays big come March when uh, you're looking to, you know, maybe up your seating a little bit. So, uh, it will be a, you know, really big game um, and tournament for the Jackrabbits. So, I guess we'll see, you know, how they can fare down there, but um you know it is kind of a time to show you did deserve that 23 uh or that number 23 ranking to start the year and it's a way to get back into the rankings here now that they're playing some basketball like you said stack field um you know if if they beat ucla i think going into it uh you probably want to win obviously you want to win all your games but i think you're happy with you know going two for three in this tournament because any win in this tournament is going to be a quality win. And if you can, you know, win more than you lose, uh, that, that, that's really good. You, you stack a couple quality wins and, you know, UCLA is up first. Then if they win that, you know, probably playing a Tennessee team that I think is 
top 10 in the country, uh, if not top 15. And then, um, you know, Texas is also in the top 10 right now, and that's a potential matchup in the third round. Hard to project at that point just because a lot of things have to happen. But um, it's a good chance for them to go get some wins, show, you know, kind of who SDSU is for those who don't know, as it's, you know, a little bit more of a national audience. Uh, so, you know, can be some recruiting stuff and also a team bonding, you know, trip when, when mm-hmm. you go out of the country on in, into these tournaments. I think this one's in the Bahamas. Um, you know, it's a it's a great chance to get closer as a team and nothing brings teams closer than than, you know, three victories. So hopefully two or three at least uh, from the Jack Rebel women. Well, yeah, and, you know, a big thing with uh, this weekend, too, is I don't know the exact timeline versus last year. Um, but this is the tournament we saw Maya return from her torn ACL last season. We know nothing. This isn't me dropping hints or dropping anything. But, you know, maybe this is a weekend we see Paige start getting back into some action. You know, it's, again, I'm not trying to start anything because I know nothing. Uh, but it is around that timeline. You know, I don't know what their plan with her this year is. There's a little bit more depth at her position. So they don't really have to force her back where last year, you know, they were struggling without Maya at times. Obviously, you know, Paige played really well last year, all of last season. But, um, yeah, you know, maybe something worth keeping an eye on because I I haven't really listened to many of the press conferences. But, this, like I said, this is – I believe it was the UCLA game where Maya returned last year. did hurt her shoulder. But um, this was the game where Maya came back last year. So, um, the tournament Maya came back in it. So, you know, maybe – Something a little bit extra to watch for. Maybe a little bit of a potential excitement coming for the Jack Harvard women. Some more reinforcements. So, again, no nothing. But just kind of thought about how that was, you know, thing from last year. So, never know. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, I think from what we've heard, Paige is pretty on schedule um, with her, you know, ACL rehab, uh, if not ahead of schedule. And so, you know, probably any day she could be cleared and ready to play. And maybe she's already practicing some, um, we haven't heard anything, but wouldn't necessarily be surprised to see her at least get a little game action, uh, in her return. Um, but if not, uh, you know, it's hard to say with these injuries. So, um, be great if we could see her play a little bit, but also want to make sure, you know, she's uh, fully ready to go when she, she steps back on the court. Agreed. Um, but with that being said, uh, we will get into one of our final segments for the day. Uh, that is the Culver's Star of the Week. Um, Culver's, again, big sponsor for the segment. Actually went there this week with uh, my family. Um, again, I usually just get a burger or something like that. My mom goes with salad. But my dad decided to try the, uh, I think it was a pork roast sandwich or something. And I never had it there before. He said, just wanted to try something different. And he really enjoyed it. So, um, something new on the menu there. I don't know if it's new, but something we he tried new this uh, this last week. So, you know, we're stopping in and maybe finding something different on the, the menu because they have a lot of options. And uh, with the, the first snow of the season coming in a lot of places uh, around Sioux Falls, Brookings, South Dakota, um, my family, our tradition used to always be go get ice cream when the first snow happened, just kind of as a like, hey, <laughs> it's it's snow, it's cold, but guess what? We're still going to get ice cream, and so uh, um, you know, great great spot to go get some some ice cream, or I guess custard, custard uh, yeah. that you would get at Culver's. But um, you know, it's it's even though it's winter, you can always still go get some custard and, and enjoy a, 
a nice concrete mixer. Exactly. And uh, with our three stars, obviously, I think last week, um, forgot to look right before recording, but I believe Brooklyn Meyer might have been uh, one of the only few votes we did get. So do follow us on, you know, obviously on Twitter at Rabbit Rundown. Let us know under the tweet, uh, you know, who you guys want your third star to be. You're looking for some interaction there. Uh, probably be put out somewhere on Facebook as well. But, you know, let us know who this, who you guys the star of the week is. Um, so we can tag them kind of in the tweet or whatever going into the next week. But, uh, yeah, I guess, Cody, I'll let you go first. Kind of make your decision. Uh, a lot of familiar names potentially on the list today. So I'll let you uh, start out for us. Yeah, there was a couple different people I was debating between, but I think uh, I think I'm going to have to go back to back stars of the week for Matt Dentlinger. Um, you know, he had the game winning bucket in Boise. He's been the leading scorer uh, against Boise State and against St. Bonaventure tonight, and so uh, he's kind of been the the consistent force for the uh, Jackrabbit men so far this year. And just looking real confident, real smooth. We had him on the episode this week. I'm not biased, but maybe a little biased. Uh, and so I think Matt Dentlinger, star of the week for me, back-to-back. Back. Yeah, and, you know, I like, again, we discussed before, I did have a few names on there. Uh, you, uh, you, I know you brought up potentially Charlie because he had a big game, uh, you know, against St. Bonaventure with some turnovers, E4s. Uh, I was debating between a couple girls. Uh, I think I'm going to just kind of copy you and go repeat, though. Hard not to give it to Maya. I wanted to go with Drew. As my backup option, since you know she is starting to get more into the flow, she did lead the te- lead the team with you know six assists. Be kind of that you know move the ball around, kind of be that producer for the team. But you know Maya had a double double against Mississippi State, eighteen points, ten rebounds, doing it all for the Jackrabbits right now. So hard not to give it back to her again this week. So me and Cody kind of copied each other and just went back to back. Not hopefully something we're doing every week, but um, right now you know those two are playing the best for SDSU, the both men and women. So, uh, yeah, so that kind of went back-to-back with our uh, choices. And, you know, let us know who you think the third is. Do you um, let us know if it's, you know, the, the crowd in Frost or in um, down here in Sioux Falls at the Pentagon was really good. If you guys want to go that direction. Uh, crowds in Frost have been really good uh, for the women's side of things. But, you know, obviously some deserving girls as well, some guys. So let us, let us know who you think the third star of the week should be. Um, and we'll uh, – you know, tweet it out if we get some more interaction from you guys. Even DM us if you don't want to tweet it at us. So, so let's know who you think, and uh, we'll, we'll go from there. Um, with that being said on that, we will just kind of move into that reaching, you know, around the summit kind of action. We kind of go over a lot of stuff there. Um, you know, some interesting storylines this week. I know USD, AJ had a 33-point game. It's Lipscomb, uh, Masner. I believe had like a third or triple double in his game. Is Cody uh, any other major storylines from the men's you know sort of the summit league action this week? No, nothing too much. It was kind of all quiet on the summit league front. Uh, a lot of teams playing either you know lower grade opponents um, or going up against really high um, ranked you know opponents or power five opponents, and no one did anything too. Um, outstanding or, or noteworthy, you know, other than, you know, kind of the, the comeback game for Plitzawhite and then, you know, Massner breaking out. Those two are going to go at it with Ace Miss for kind of the best guard in the conference, I'd say. Um, and, you know, nothing nothing too crazy uh, so far that I've seen on, on the Sun League front. 
I guess Pacific did come into the Summit League and pick up two big wins. I don't know much about Pacific, but they did travel through North Dakota and decided to pick up a couple big road wins over at NDSU and UND. So, um, you know, the UND one is a little bit more dominating, um, but they did, you know, beat North Dakota State by almost 10. So interesting to see, you know, a mid-major team travel through the conference and really dominate um, those two teams. But um, on the guy's side, that's really all the storylines. And I don't know if I really heard of any this week on the women's side either. Uh, you know, last week we had the high-scoring affair uh, between Oklahoma and Oral Roberts. I don't think there's anything near that this week. Um, just, you know, a couple more teams getting some decent wins, nothing crazy. Um, I think we kind of know the the class of the Summit League is going to be a little bit lower this year. Uh, probably not looking at a multi-bid league. Um, now that USD's lost Dawn, um, you know, they lost a lot. So, um, yeah, I guess, you know, we're just kind of seeing maybe it's going to be a pretty big gap between um, SDSU and the next closest in the, the Women's Summit League. I guess, Cody, is there anything else that you saw um, on that side of things? No, not too much. You, you know, we mentioned Oral Roberts last week had a really close game with o- Oklahoma, I believe, and then they played Oklahoma State this week and kind of got throttled. Uh, so, you know, maybe that was a one-off. But, um, you know, I, I can't remember if we touched on it last week. Creighton also beat uh, USD on the women's side. Um, you know, didn't USD didn't put up quite as close of a fight as, as the Jackrabbits against Creighton. Um, but nothing too – uh, noteworthy on the women's side either in the Summit League. It's always not. It's not always a bad thing either. There's no major injuries that are out there, that kind of stuff. So um, sometimes, you know, quiet is good. So uh, with that being said, that's all we really have for this week's episode of the Rabbit Rundown. Feel free again, follow us on Twitter, at Rabbit Rundown. Follow Cody and I as well on Twitter. Our, uh, our, na- our tweets are, um, our Twitter handles are, in the link tree that we tweet out every week. So give us a follow. Let us know what you know you want us to discuss on next, next week's episode. But with that being said, we will see you guys all next week.